CCR number 103 for March 17th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio was brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fixed with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong going, Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, our guest is Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen. We go around the web with Jackson of Cat Scratch Reader, and Nick Gilman is back to provide the fans' perspective. Now, bubble your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Those former Panthers are now beginning to find new homes. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Well, Jake DeLome is now in Cleveland. The newest Brown signed a two-year deal and will compete for the starting job with Seneca Wallace. Meanwhile, Maaki Kimoyatu has signed with the Washington Redskins, despite lingering fears over the Achilles injury that wiped out his final season with the Panthers. The Panthers have signed a couple of players of their own. First, they re-signed reserve offensive tackle Rob Petiti to maintain some much-needed depth along their offensive line. Next, they signed defensive back Marcus Hudson, who had previously been with the 49ers. Hudson is considered a solid special teams player who may be viewed by Carolina as a potential replacement in the event of the departure of Dante Wesley. Also, published reports indicate that the team may or may not be seeking to lock up one of their own. According to Lynn Pascarelli of ESPN, he reports that negotiations have begun to sign D'Angelo Williams to a contract extension. Of course, there is no official comment from the organization, but this is one that we'll just have to continue to watch. Finally, off-season conditioning programs have begun, but there's a key player missing, cornerback Richard Marshall. Now, these are voluntary workouts still most players under contract normally attend. Marshall remains unsigned and is a restricted free agent. As always, we'll continue to keep an ear to the ground. It's time again for the Panther Preview. We said it last week, if there's still a team left, we can continue to preview. Hey, there's a team left. And joining us to um, to look ahead, back, whatever, you'll see what we mean in just a minute. It is our old friend, Nick Yeoman. What's up, Yeoman? Hey, what's going on, John? Yeah, there, there's, there's still a team to cover. We've uh, had to let a, quite a few guys go, and, and there may not be much left, but there's always something to talk about in Pantherland. Yeah, we're a little thinner than we were, and speaking of guys leaving, we know Jake is gone, but now he's found a new home. Jake is a brown. Chemo was cut. Now he's a redskin. There where they take big risks and spend big money. Your thoughts on Jake being in an ugly orange helmet and chemo with that little guy on the side of the helmet? Well, well, for, for Jake, I mean, it, it's, you know, what other what other options did you have? Yeah, I mean, it, you're not really looking. If you're Jake alone, you're not sitting here saying, well, 
boy, I'd love to, for a championship caliber team to come calling and ask me to be the starting quarterback. He's got to be thinking that in Cleveland he's going to have a chance to play right away. Uh, I, I think the Browns are certainly going to be looking for a quarterback in the draft. Um, Seneca Wallace was brought over, who has history with Mike Holmgren. But I really think Jake DeLome's probably going to be the guy uh, that gets the first shot in Cleveland. And, and I think that probably works out best for Jake. It gives him an opportunity to show everybody in, and show the Panthers, really, and show the Panther fans if he still had something left and if the Panther fans should be upset about letting him go. But uh, I think it's probably a good move for Jake. As far as chemo, you know, you match him up there, a couple big bodies with Albert Haynesworth in the middle. We'll see how much chemo has left. Uh, there was a lot of lot of question marks about that Achilles ankle injury and, and, and how much weight that he'd be uh, putting on that thing. So I, I wish him both the best, though. I really do. I, I, those were two cuts. Those two guys, I don't think either one of us or and many Panthers fans were too terribly upset about. And uh, I wish them the best. Hopefully uh, they can, they can uh, regenerate a little bit and, and, and finish out their career as well. Well, I'm waiting to see here in a few months when we get the schedule released to us and it becomes official. The Browns are on the schedule, and I have this feeling, and this is, again, this, this could get me tarred and feathered. I know it could, but I just have a feeling. Call me crazy, but I have a feeling Jake takes the starting job in Cleveland, and I sort of feel like, I'm not sure why this this. I keep having this gut feeling, but I think Jake goes back to old Jake, good Jake, and plays out the twilight of his career in Cleveland and looks great. I think he redeems himself with the Browns' odd place to do it, but I think it could happen. Honestly, I think Jake makes the comeback. Yeah, and like I said, I'll be rooting for him. I really will, except for that one week when they play the Panthers. Um, You know, we'll see, and and, and wouldn't it be interesting? I mean, you just know the NFL – schedule makers. Isn't that something they would put that, you know, at the beginning of the season or maybe that matchup with the Bears with going back against Julius Peppers. That's going to be one of those matchups that, uh, you know, it's going to get a lot of attention. Maybe not for necessarily the right reasons for how well the teams are going to be doing, but because it's uh, old faces and new places. And speaking of faces and new, boy, whatever, uh, free agent time, uh, Rob Petiti Backup tackle, offensive tackle, uh, the Panthers brought him back on a one-year deal after having released him. Apparently, they got him back cheaper than his original salary after they picked him up from the UFL, of all places, last year. And we also pick up a defensive back, Marcus Hudson, who is, according to what I've heard anyway, a pretty darn good special teamer out of uh, San Francisco. He played for the 49ers. They were a little upset about having to let him go, but they never tendered him, so... Marcus Hudson, a new addition, Rob Petiti being brought back, so at least we're a little bit active, anyway. Yeah, yeah if you want to call it that. I mean, these guys are going to be pro bowlers, all pros, no doubt about it. I, I don't understand it. You know, again, there's all this money laying on the table. The Panthers aren't paying. Maybe they're slow playing it with some of these free agents, and they'll bring in some more notable guys. That's certainly what the fans want to see. Uh, but who knows about this Hudson guy, and who knows about Rob Petiti. I mean, they, they're going to be lucky you know, to make the team. They're going to be special teamers. That's not what this team needs to look for. Yeah, they need some help with special teams. you got to cover every area of your football team. But uh, I, so far, again, I don't think free agency has been something that uh, Panther fans have gotten too excited about because, you know, they're seeing tons of their players that they've known for years and years be cut, and they're bringing in guys like Hudson and Wallace Wright and Rob Petiti. Yeah, I tend to agree with uh, Tom Sorensen on this that, you know, last year, we, or actually year before, we looked really cheap picking up guys like Kedrick Who, 
and then he becomes one of our best linemen, so maybe they can get these guys on the cheap, bring in the second and third tier guys who are good role players, but let's hope so. There were actually two stories, and this sort of goes into that rumor mill, if you will, but uh, we'll start with Richard Marshall. Richard Marshall missing a voluntary workout, and when they say voluntary, it is, but it isn't, wink, wink. And then you got the uh, rumor that D-Will just may or may not be working on an extension. So we're not going to be talking about D'Angelo, you know, leaving us unless it's one of those sign and trade things. So D'Angelo may be negotiating, Richard Marshall missing a practice, or not a practice, but a workout. Eh, you know, big news? Probably not. You're right. No, it's probably it's just it's, it's a slow time of the year with the Panthers not making a lot of noise in free agency every little Every little thing's going to be a story. The Richard Marshall one's interesting because he is kind of hanging out there, that second-round tender. I'm one of the people that actually think that, you know what, if you lose Richard Marshall and you're able to gain another second-round pick and address one of those spots that's a real need for this team, maybe that's not a bad thing. And as far as the D'Angelo Williams thing, I mean, I know some people fear that, that uh, hey, you got to cut running backs loose right when their careers are in the twilight and you're just starting to see it, or maybe before you even start seeing them start to wear down uh, so you don't have to have those big salaries on the book. But uh, I'm someone I think there's a lot of tread left on D'Angelo Williams' tires, and, and I don't think a trade is something the Panthers need to look into at all. And if they can uh, sign him to a long-term deal and make sure he's in a Panthers uniform for a long time, I think that's a good move. And a lot of people are going to they're going to keep talking about this thing maybe happening with the Chargers, but it's just not going to happen. I think they're picking 28th anyway, which more, more than likely wouldn't be a high enough first-rounder if that – uh, trade was to even happen anyway so I think we could put that to bed especially if they get a, a deal done but we promised two weeks ago uh, I sent out the newsletter told everybody hey we're going to be looking at the top five best and worst draft picks in team history well last week occurred and well when it hit the fan we had to put that on ice until this week so here we go we'll start you off this week with the top five best draft picks in team history who do we have at number five? Julius Peppers. I mean, second overall pick in 2002. I think the reason Julius doesn't, you know, crack up top near the one, two, or three spot is because he's a sure thing. I mean, he's the second overall pick. You can't miss on those picks. But Julius Peppers, you know, the stats don't lie. He's been a monster in Carolina. Only guys like Jason Taylor and, and Dwight Freeney have had more sacks. And, and I think he's certainly deserving. He was one of the sure things the Panthers have ever done in the draft. And, and I think Julius Peppers definitely deserves to make this top five list spot, John, at number five. Yeah, the very first draft pick for the Marty Herney, John Fox Brain Trust. Uh, they definitely hit on him, even if he does look like he's a little lazy at times. And then at number four... We've got one of the all-time great Panthers players, and that's Moosin Muhammad, picked 43rd overall uh, way back in 1996. Yeah, he's got that much age on him. But look at the guy's stats, 860 catches, uh, 11,400 yards. Uh, he has had 62 touchdowns. I mean, the stats don't necessarily look like Hall of Fame numbers, especially when you stack him up against the people that are already there, but Moose definitely at 43rd overall back in 96. I mean, he deserves the spot in the top five uh, coming in on our list at number four. Yeah, and, and it's hard to believe. 96, the Panthers' second ever you know, college draft. And, and my era, Moose is still playing. It's been that hard work, too. I mean, he's battled some off-the-field issues, and, and even you know when the price wasn't right, he left the Panthers, but he came back. He's been a really consistent, probably one of the most consistent offensive performers 
uh, this franchise has ever seen. I think he definitely deserves to make this list. And number three, John, you got Mike Rucker, who was a second-round pick, number 38 overall in the 1999 draft. I mean, originally, Ruck was a guy that didn't even get a chance to see the field. I mean, he was buried on the depth chart behind grace, but aging grace like Reggie White, Chuck Smith, Eric Swan. But, but Rucker's lunch fail attitude and that hard work it made him go down as one of the all-time greats and fan favorites in Panthers history. What really stands out to me and, and why he certainly deserves to be on this list is one of the top draft picks in franchise history. And if you look, too, if you go back to that 2003 season, the, the Super Bowl run and all that, a lot of people paid a lot of attention to Julius Peppers, and sometimes you say, well, uh, you got a great player over there, a great athlete, the other guy on the other end, opposite end of him, should benefit. Sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't, but it worked with Rucker, and sometimes I think he, he basically just wreaked havoc because the guy had the skills to do it. Uh, 55 and a half sacks, I mean, I think the numbers for him, they may not be, you know, again, we're not talking Hall of Fame material, but I think he deserves to have a spot up there in that ring of honor, but Mike Rucker, we got him third, and then second, well, I think this is a comment you made to me before we started um, actually recording this segment, and that is, if he's a friend of the show, the guy better be in your top five, and that's Mike Minter, we've got him second on the list, 56th overall pick back in 1997, uh, Mike Minter, I mean, the the guy is just, I think he honestly, if you look back at solid safeties, the stats don't look fancy. The guy never was one of those standout players, never was a, a Pro Bowl player, as a matter of fact. But the guy had, I think, 18 tackles in the Super Bowl on a broken ankle. Anybody that can do that's got the guts to play a game of that magnitude on a, on a broken joint. Well, he's got to be in my list, and considering that he played all 10 seasons in the NFL with one team, our team, i got to put Mike Minner second. Yeah, Mike Minner, truly a special guy. I mean, he was a surprise leader on and off the field. I mean, his charity work makes him someone that, that young athletes certainly can look up for. And as you mentioned, John, most importantly, Mike's a friend of the show. I mean, he's one of those guys that, that's uh, been around and, and has helped us out on the show, and it's been great. But Mike, Mike's one of those guys that when you watch the film and you watch him solely, you'll see exactly how great he really was because he did those little things, made those tackles in the Super Bowl. I think he was kind of underappreciated on a national level, but I think he'll go down as, uh, as one of the first and best leaders the franchise has ever seen. Yeah, number one has to be Steve Smith. I mean, a third-round pick. Number 74 overall in the 2000 draft, really. I mean, uh, one of those gifts from the George Seifert era. He's probably the best player in franchise history. And I don't feel that necessarily makes you, automatically makes you the best draft pick in team history. But in Steve Smith's case, it does. I mean, a third-round pick that nobody thought would be anything more than a punt returner. And he's turned in one of the most inspirational careers the NFL's ever seen. I think he's the greatest little man the league has ever seen in a long time. And the stats speak for themselves is where. As far as where he stacks up in Panthers history, uh, to think that, that every team in the league, including the Panthers, passed this guy up at least twice in the draft is kind of mind-boggling. It just goes to show you that, that even though the Panthers don't have a first-round pick this year, there are still guys out there in the second or third round that could be the next Steve Smith. And in my opinion, John, that's what makes the NFL draft the, uh, the phenomenon that it is today. If you look back at that NFL Network interview that he did last year, I mean, the guy obviously knows that, you know, those teams overlooked him. He keeps that little laminated piece of paper up in his locker. He's watching to see where he is on the overall list of all time. Maybe he's never going to catch Jerry Rice. And maybe he's not even Hall of Fame material when he's done. 
But then again, I think honestly, if he continues with what he's doing, I, I can't see him not moving up that list. He's going to move up the list, what, 8,300 yards total in his career. That's after really wiping out the entire 2004 season with that broken leg. So Steve Smith, I, I think he's got to be number one on the list. We had a couple of honorable mentions, and we'll throw these two names out there. I think they deserve mention. Uh, and that's Jordan Gross and D'Angelo Williams. We basically had to leave D-Will off the list because he's really only started for the team now for two years. Uh, Jordan Gross, who's been around long enough for consideration, yes, but then, you know, I think the guy's, what, made two Pro Bowls. He's had a good career, and I think he's, you know, now elevated himself to being considered, you know, one of the best in the league, but I'm not sure either guy really should have been in the top five considering who we had to choose from so i mean both guys solid players just not in our top five just missed yeah exactly i mean d'angelo is great and i think we're going to see in the next couple of years exactly how good he can be if he gets that extension with the panthers and then jordan gross you know what he's an offensive tackle these guys they're not supposed to get the respect that's what that's what comes with the job duty being an offensive lineman i'm sure jordan gross it's not going to bother him one bit. He's just going to go ahead and take care of business and uh, and be that type of guy that the Panthers wanted when they drafted him eighth overall in 2003. Well, you want to come back here in just a minute and talk five worst? Oh, absolutely. We can't sugarcoat everything. we got to get into some of the uh, worst decisions in team history as well. And don't forget, everybody, now, make sure you get yourself signed up for that uh, newsletter. Not that, you know, I, I'm keeping up with it like I should, considering we've talked now for two weeks in the newsletter about this top five and bottom five but get yourself signed up go to catcraveradio.com top of the page you'll see the newsletter link click there fill out the form it's not going to take you more than a minute i promise and we will get that newsletter out to you once every week coming up in just a bit we're going to be hearing from jackson of cat scratch reader in the around the web segment we'll talk to tom Sorensen, and as i said before nick and i are going to come back with the five worst all-time draft picks. CCR will continue, but first a quick timeout. Hands can do incredible things. They made every sound in this piece of music, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. It's called Hands Only CPR, and it's recommended by the American Heart Association. Visit handsonlycpr.org today. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Whether you love us or hate us, we want to hear from you. Tell us what's on your mind at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. Now back to more CCR. And welcome back to the Panther Preview. Still with us is our old buddy Yeoman. And Yeoman, we are still counting down uh, draft picks. We're actually, are we counting down, counting up, however you look at it. But at this point, we're uh, we're ready to do the uh, five worst draft picks in franchise history. Now, we, we had a few rules going into this. One was, and actually... I'll go through the smaller rules before we get to the biggest one. The first rule really is we didn't want to include anybody that was drafted, say, third round or beyond, because are you really a bust if you were drafted on the second day of the draft? Probably not. We're kind of looking for second and first rounders, and that really was the biggest of the rules outside of this one, and that is that no Ray Carruth. I mean, one of the biggest melodramas in NFL history. I mean, Ray Ray getting caught. I mean, consider what he did. Um, I mean, the guy's a felon, so 
look, obviously he was going to be the worst draft pick in history. We threw his name out and then had to consider every other player that was drafted. So, yeah, we uh, we eliminated him before we ever started. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ray Carruth goes down as, as, you know, one of the biggest, I don't want to call it mistakes by the Panthers because they had no control over this, but, but yeah, Ray Carruth is in a, in a you know, a infamous league of his own and, and probably doesn't even deserve to be on this list. But uh, you mentioned, you know, some old buddy, I'm your old buddy, and, and you know what? I look at this list of, of the guys that we have and a lot of names that I don't think a lot of Panthers fans probably remember. You know, we start with number five is Mitch Merrill, and, and I know I broke a rule because Mitch Merrill, was drafted in the third round, and he was from Penn, and he may not have came in with a lot of high expectations uh, to the Panthers, but no matter how low expectations could be set, it's safe to say that Mitch Merrow did not meet them on the first day of contract drills as a Panther. Merrow went one-on-one against a running back who would try and block him, and he ruptured a spinal disc in his back. Never played a snap for the team. He tried to come back the following April for a minicamp after missing an entire rookie season and just couldn't go. I know he was a third-round pick, and maybe a lot of people don't remember much about him, but I think third-round picks are guys that eventually should be starting in the NFL. And for this guy to never lace it up and even take a snap for the Panthers, I think he deserves to be number five on this list. Yeah, and I tried this earlier. I was trying to look up Mitch Marrow under historical players on NFL.com. It wouldn't come up. So I think that's, you know, the, that might be one thing that, that actually helps him get on this list. So a pretty easy pick. I mean, 73rd overall in 98. Yeah, it kind of bent that rule. It broke the rule maybe, but he does belong there. Then moving on to number four, one of my all-time uh, favorite, if you will, draft picks of the uh, franchise. And that was uh, a guy taking 54th overall in 05. That's Eric Shelton. Supposed to be this big, you know, powerful back. Uh, he comes in, gets hurt his rookie season, doesn't play a down for the 2005 year in his rookie campaign, then comes back in his second year and actually puts up the stats that he'd finish with in two years, his only two years in the league, eight carries, 23 yards. Incredible. Eric Shelton, he is our number four worst all-time draft pick. Yeah, eight carries, 23 yards. The guy, he weighed 246 pounds. He was supposed to be the next Stephen Davis to pair up with Deshaun Foster. It didn't work out, but you know what, John? Things weren't all bad for Carolina because his lack of play and his injuries led to the Panthers drafting D'Angelo Williams and the rest, as they say, is all history. Number three on the list is Chris Terry. I mean, he was expected to be an offensive lineman that the Panthers could kind of build around. And unfortunately, the guy just couldn't keep himself out of trouble. He missed a court date for a domestic incident involving his wife and became a fugitive from justice. He was suspended twice by the NFL for violating the substance abuse policy. His last season of the league was in 2007 in Kansas City. And unfortunately, Chris Terry still hasn't been able to keep himself out of trouble, John. Just two months ago, he was arrested in southern Indiana when he was pulled over while trafficking cocaine. So needless to say, Chris Terry deserves to be on this list. Yeah, a guy getting picked 34th overall back in 99. I mean, if you're, you know, if if, if your stats list, if you're going to you actually look at stats, I mean, if you're not, you know, John Fox, you can do that. But if you're going to look at his stats and his rap sheet looks, you know, more impressive than his stat sheet, not a good start. So Chris Terry, he, he belongs at number three. Uh, another running back. We went running back crazy, apparently, this franchise. And our second worst draft pick ever, 
is a guy I like to refer to as Tsetse Fly, and that's Shimanga Biaka Batuka. If you can spell it, you're a good speller. We've got him at number two, eighth overall pick in uh, 1996. Um, I mean, okay, the stats could have been better had he stayed healthy, but he, he really has, I don't know that the guy completed a season, he did not complete a season um, in his entire career. Obviously, he belongs on here. We can shorten the name and just say Tim, like most people did, but Tim Biaka Batuka at number two. Yeah, I mean, he was the all-everything running back out of Michigan with the funny name. He was destined to become that first star running back and perhaps the first star player opposite Terry Collins. Uh, I mean, perhaps... Perhaps Bianca Matuka doesn't deserve to be as high as he, as he is on the list because his career didn't pan out due to injury problems as opposed to some of these other guys that dug their own grave. But, but I have a feeling that not living up to hype, hype hurts him the most. I mean, he played for the Panthers from 96-2001, as you mentioned, never completed a season, never appeared in more than 12 games a season. On a side note, though, he does now own a fairly successful jewelry business in Charlotte and and still go down, in my opinion, as having the coolest name ever. Well, and that's certainly not going to hurt him. The number one uh, name on the list, though, John, as the worst draft pick in Carolina Panther history, though, has got to be Jason Peter. Uh, the number one spot is certainly reserved for him. He was an All-American defensive lineman out of Nebraska, taken by the Panthers with the 14th overall pick. The reason he's number one is because they took him in the 1998 draft and would be the last first-round pick for the next two years after the franchise, you know, made that crippling decision to trade Two first-round picks for the Redskins for Sean Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert certainly wasn't anything special, but his counterpart and Jason Peter, who was supposed to make this defensive line great, was a total bust. I mean, he battled neck stingers year in and year out. It was it was later revealed in a book that he battled addictions with heroin, cocaine, alcohol, painkillers. His career ended in 2001, just seven and a half sacks. His lack of production, mixed with his poor decisions from the mixed with the poor decisions from the front office, uh, provided Panthers fans with really the darkest years the team has ever seen. And and I certainly think he deserves to head this list. Yeah, after four years in the NFL, you come out with 83 tackles and seven and a half sacks. Really, no other stats to talk about. Never sniffed the Pro Bowl. Never sniffed. Well, he may have sniffed a few things, because if you read his book, <laughs> uh, Jerry Stahl, who is uh, another author, actually made this statement about uh, about Peter's uh, book. Uh, the book is called Hero of the Underground. He said, It's a savage, unsparing, eye-popping ride through the dark soul of big money, endless drugs, American manhood, and our national pastime, self-destruction. I mean... Wow, what kind of book and what kind of guy is this? And uh, maybe he was one of those guys that got hooked during his playing days, but still, he just didn't—he didn't have it on the field. And um, unbelievable, um, Jason Peter—he definitely belongs at number one. We had—we uh, mentioned honorable mentions earlier. Now it's time for dishonorable mentions, and there could be stones getting thrown at us for this, but. One guy we got to put on there is Dwayne Jarrett. Most people won't argue with us there, but then we've got the Booze Hound, who, um, well, the last time we saw him in Charlotte, he was leaving a police department, I believe, and that's Kerry Collins. Thank goodness for him, he revived his career in Tennessee and somewhat uh, looked a little better anyway with the Giants. At least he stayed sober. And that's Kerry Collins. We mentioned him in the list also, so... Um, I don't know, you know, Nick, we, we, we might be getting a, a few uh, hate emails, but uh, Gary Collins and yeah, Dwayne Jarrett, yeah. yeah. You might, uh, you might, I mean, Dwayne Jarrett, I don't think anyone's going to argue, I mean, uh, USC caught 41 touchdown passes in three years, and for the Panthers in three years, he's caught just 33 passes, period. 
uh, for just one touchdown. I, I understand why people may be upset with Kerry Collins because it's tough to say that a quarterback who took the team to its first NFC title game in his full, first full season as a starter can be a bust or a bad draft pick. But the way he exited it with, you know, the, the, the drama off the field, the battling alcoholism, the, the racial slurs that he, that he threw towards teammates, and the way he, his career really kind of spiraled out of control in Carolina – and the way he quit on the team in 98, I certainly think he deserves to be on the list. Great to see that he has, as you mentioned, he's revitalized career his career and made something out of himself. But yeah, I think Kerry Collins certainly deserves to be a dishonorable mention. And one of the strangest throwing motions I think I've ever seen from a quarterback this side of Bernie Kosar. So, I mean, he's, he's uh, kind of an unusual character. And I'm hoping that he writes a whole bunch of books because I think he's probably got a story to tell that we haven't already heard. But um, anyway, those are the top five or bottom five, the worst draft picks in in history for uh, the Carolina Panthers. I think they kind of all belong on there, and we had a long list uh, to go through on that, but unfortunately. But uh, that kind of wrapped that up. And now, I, Nick, I don't know, honestly, I don't know what to come back and, and talk about next week, but I mean, if, if you're game, you know, I'm game. Hey, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking there's going to be something. I think the Panthers, the front office, they got to have something in the mix. We'll see. Something will come up. I'll guarantee you there will be something to talk about. Maybe a big free agent signing. Who knows? And we've got a month until the draft before we get another potential, uh, I don't know, bust or another potential great draft pick. So you never know. That's, that's right. That's the great thing about the draft. You never know. And sometimes those first-round draft picks, those defensive ends become Julius Peppers. Sometimes they become Jason Peter. And as we mentioned, you're always looking for that Steve Smith. That's why the draft's great. And that's why, you know, it's two months out and, or a month out now, but for the last month or two, people have been talking about it. It's always a big deal, and, and that's where uh, teams shape the franchise, John. Absolutely. Well, Nick, uh, as always, we appreciate you being with us and, and look forward to next week. Hey, thanks, John. Have a great week, buddy. The CCR Hotline is open all the time. Call and let us know what's on your mind. Call 206-350-9673 and leave a message. That number is 206-350-9673. Cat Crave Radio will return. All-star fans, all-star content. Insider.com is a sports network where diehard fans dish out non-stop sports news and views. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Fandom has no off-season, and neither do we. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. Did you think we left you? Not a chance. We've returned with more Cat Crave Radio. And welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. Hey, don't forget that you can call us anytime, any day, on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. The line stays open so we can hear what you have to say at any time. Tell us what you think of the show, the team, just talk to us. Call us up at 206-350-9673. It's time to take a trip around the web to check the pulse of Panther Nation. This is Jackson with Cat Scratch Reader. This is the first time I've actually done a webcast and also the first time I've had the opportunity to actually play the uh, theme music, shall we say, to uh, catscratchreader.com, which is actually a song uh, 
Uh, I got this inspiration from Ted Nugent, a song he put out back in the uh, 70s. You might be familiar with it. So uh, I know there's a lot of young people on the site who uh, may not be familiar with some of that old-time hard rock. But again, I want to thank John, and I did have a couple topics, uh, some hot stuff that has come up uh, over here the last week, starting with uh, what I'm calling the over-30 purge of the Panthers roster, and and to me probably the biggest loss, at least from the fan base, has got to be fullback Brad Hoover. You know, his name and, and the big hoove when he carries the ball from the stadium has been uh, a staple for a number of years, and we are certainly going to miss him. Uh, uh, very shocked by that and uh, a little apprehensive there about whether uh, second-year player uh, Tony Fiametta is truly ready to step in Hoover's shoes, but we will uh, we will hope he makes the best of it and, uh, and give him our support. You know, obviously the other cuts uh, of people under contract like linebacker Niall Diggs, kicker Reese Lloyd. You know, that one's going to be quite interesting on how the Panthers choose to replace him, if at all. Some questions whether uh, punter Mr. Baker will do the kickoffs again. Let's see the cutting of defensive tackle Make Kimoyatu is already signed, surprisingly, with the Redskins. He's not fully recovered yet. So, obviously, that's created a lot of apprehension in the fan base. We're curious as to uh, whether this is just financial decisions and not football decisions. I personally tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think uh, you know we haven't lost anybody that we don't have uh, capable people behind them. Now, will they match that level of play we're used to? Well, I guess that's what, uh, you know, a question we always have for the young players stepping in. So uh, we got some starting positions up for grabs. I'm sure we'll be talking about those uh, on my site here uh, in the next week or so. Uh, we got a right guard. Uh, Kedrick Vincent was not retained, so we've got the young player Mackenzie Bernadeau. Or could it be the second-year player, Duke Robinson, who kind of jumps for him? He seems to be a bigger guy, uh, more of a, a run blocker. So maybe he and Jeff Otak could team up to be a very powerful right side of our line. So that's going to be an interesting matchup in camp. Also there at uh, replacing Mr. Diggs, we've got uh, Dan Connor and James Anderson fighting for that spot. That should be a good one as well. At the wide receiver slot, we have to think that we're going to bring in somebody there to compete like to think Dwayne Jarrett is finally ready for that spot, but, you know, that's still to be seen on the field for more than a game. We got still Kenny Moore, hopefully will come back. I think we tendered a low uh, restricted tender on him. Hopefully he'll be back. And uh, if we don't re-sign Tyler Brayton, uh, who's out looking for another job, I'm still hopeful we'll bring him back. But otherwise, then our, you know, we've got uh, Charles Johnson and, and Everett Brown at defensive end. That uh, leaves me a little apprehensive with Mr. Brown as far as whether he's an every-down defensive end yet or not. Uh, I'd like to think he could get there in the near future. But I I have a lot of confidence in Charles Johnson. I think he truly is ready. He's going to have a breakout year this year. So, you know, those to me are the main starting positions that are still uh, up for grabs. At this point, though, you know, I think we've got some players uh, who have the inside track on those spots. So who else might we bring in? Uh, I'm not expecting any big free agent signings, probably some more low levels like what you've seen already with the cornerback Hudson and 
who was the uh, special teams guy, wide receiver, brought in. Um, his name escapes me now at the moment, but uh, Mr. Wright, I think. So I'm not expecting any bigger splashes than that. So really, I think where we're going to fill in some of this depth is from the draft. We've got a number of picks as well as some comp picks coming up. So obviously we've been debating uh, what positions, you know, what players we might go for. You know, I'm not going to try to predict what the Panthers are going to do because I can never even get close, particularly when the trades start happening, which we all know uh, uh, the Panthers' trade history here in the last couple of drafts. So me personally, what I would prefer to see them do is to go with a wide receiver in, in that second-round pick and then address that defensive line in the third round. You know, from there, it's kind of all gravy. Uh you know, the Panthers are very good at, have been at least lately, getting some late-round players that can contribute. Their history shows that they typically don't draft quarterbacks, though. But I think there's going to be a quarterback in the mix this year, somebody late there. I really like Zach Robinson. Uh, he might be there in the fourth or fifth. Again, doesn't seem like the Panthers uh, like to draft quarterbacks. Uh, they may instead look to bring in another uh, undrafted guy to compete with Hunter Cantwell. But, you know, they got to do something with that backup spot. Um, maybe uh, maybe Josh McCown will still be available in a couple weeks, and maybe they'll decide that the pickings are slim and they'll bring him back. That that seems to make the most sense to me. Uh, you know, and then maybe uh, bring in another uh, undrafted guy to compete with that third for that third spot. You know, kind of hard to say. At this point, that's kind of my preference. And that is basically all my talking points, John. I do appreciate your time. Again, a little little, uh, Ted Nugent action to wrap it up. And again, this is Jackson with Cat Scratch Reader signing off on Cat Crave Radio. Thank you very much. There's only one Cat Crave Radio. Our guest now is Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen. Tom, it's a pleasure to have you back. Always good to be on. Thanks, Tom. In one of the really odd stories, something about this doesn't seem right, and he's not going to look right in the uniform, but Jake is now a Brown. Uh, Do you think, now that Jake is in Cleveland, I mean, do you think he's going to have a chance, or do you think he will prove his doubters wrong in Ohio? No, because his doubters will forget that they doubted him if he has some success. I think a lot of Panther fans aren't necessarily football fans, and they're Panther fans, so I don't know if they'll that will resonate with them or not, but what's cool is Jake has a chance to start. I had thought, and it was just a wild guess, that he'd end up with Denver because Mike McCoy, the offensive coordinator there, was Jake's um, quarterback's coach here, but you know, most people think it was physical with Jake last year. I thought it was all psychological. I thought when he took that beating from Arizona in the playoffs and then came back in the open air against Philly and was just trashed, that he just could not get it back. And uh, there were moments I was at that Arizona game out in Glendale, Arizona, where it looked really good. But he uh, couldn't quite get it. And I think it changed if he knew it was good. I mean, I assure you that they did not want to let him go, that Richardson didn't, that, that Herney didn't, that Fox didn't. I mean, he was he was a favorite. He's the guy who just resonated with the fans who got it and and with, with personnel. I mean, and there were secretaries crying in the, in the family's offices. He was just a guy without pretension. You know, he, he wasn't out of quarterback. He was a guy who played quarterback. And... And he was good. He had a good career here. He had a really good run. And um, I would love to see him get an opportunity to start in Cleveland. You and probably any one of us that 
publicly says that, you know, we like Jake, and, and I, I hated to see him go. I'm not sure that I was crazy about how it was handled, but, I mean, this is the business of the game. Still, they're making the move. Matt Moore is the guy, but I have a little bit of a doubt in my mind. As much as I like Matt Moore, I'm wondering, do you, I mean, and you see, if you agree, I kind of have a feeling that maybe they pulled the trigger too soon. I mean, do you, do you agree that maybe we're just rushing this whole Matt Moore move a little too much? No, I just thought Jake's time here was over. I mean, sometimes you just need to make a change, and I thought that that it's time had come. I think it would have killed Jake sit on the bench and watch somebody else run his offense. He wouldn't have said anything. He would have been the perfect backup. He would have done everything he was asked to do and more. But, you know, that's not, that wasn't Jake. And I think, uh, I think it's better for him. You know, you, you, you sit in the stands and I'm sure his wife's up there, kids are up there and you hear fans going off on them, which is absolutely fans progress. And I just think it all kind of added up. I don't think Jake might have, I don't know if he ever would have gotten a fair shake here against the fans. And I think it was just time that, there just comes a time when things wear out and you just have to start over. And I think that time has come. Well, we've got a lot of changes that, I'm sure there are more to come, as a matter of fact, but still one that, one change that I think most of us would rather not see, and that's a change with either D'Angelo or Jonathan Stewart. I don't think we want to see either player go, but there's been a report that, D'Angelo has begun, I'm sure this would be, if if it's true, would just be an early attempt at, at starting work toward an extension. Do you think with that report out there, or if that's going on, do you think that can just put to bed all of these rumors that maybe they would try to trade him? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some surprises. I mean, I think they have some surprises coming. I think there's some tricks we haven't seen. I, is that it? I don't know. I mean, the one constant since Richardson's on this team, which is since its inception, it's never been cheap, ever. And um, I just, I think they have some people coming in. You know, the thing is about Matt Moore is, I don't know if he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he had a nice run to finish the season, but it, you know, supersedes that. He may be the guy, he may not be the guy. But I don't think the Panthers know unequivocally that he's their guy. And what they have to do, they have to get, they have to get a quarterback. They have to get a wide receiver and they have to get a pass rusher. Have to, and um, you know, be interested to see how they how they arrange that, how they come up with it. If it's by trade, fine. If it's free agency, fine. But they have to. Would there be any chance? I mean, in the, I know, like you said, they're going to have to pull some strings somehow, and and make these changes or or improve the team in some way. Do you think D'Angelo could be part of that and maybe shipping him somewhere else? You know, I haven't heard anything. But I haven't asked uh, specifically about D'Angelo. They're keeping a pretty low profile. Um, you know, Hernia is, Fox is, everybody is. So I don't know right now. Um, I'd be surprised because, you know, the, the tandem running back situation is in vogue, and they've got two really good ones. And speaking of the running game, the, the one part of the team that right now seems to be, or at least going into the offseason, seemed to be the most intact. We, we knew there were going to be problems with Julius, which could hurt the defense. Uh, the, the offensive line, though, coming back with all five starters, maybe one exception with Kedrick gone, potentially. So then we lose Brad Hoover uh, when they released him. With him now gone, how much do you think that will hurt our running game? Depends what Fiametta has. Nothing he's done in practice or in camp or in when he played impressed me. I, mean, I don't know if he has 
if he can, if he has what, what Hoover did. I mean, Hoover, you know, was a running back himself once. And in his head, he still was. And I don't know if, um, what the matter has. You know, with everybody they've cut, there was somebody younger and cheaper and to supplant him. Uh, but, but, you know, is Fiamma the guy? Is more the guy? We don't know any of those things. I mean, teams were out, players were out, and you make you make changes. And I think that's what they did. They saw this one component of the team sort of aging and just kind of getting old and aging and getting old and just kind of wearing out. And uh, you know, I hope Hoover gets an opportunity elsewhere. Just as Jacob. Yeah, one of the things we can always say about Brad, I mean, is that he he was one of the nicest nicest individuals you'd ever meet and I, I know we all have to wish him luck for that but he's part of this overhaul uh Damian Lewis Niall Diggs I mean this list goes on and on with all of these players that that the team has either had to allow to leave or that they've just lost do you think they can still compete I mean do you think they can hang in there in the NFC South or is this going to be a bit of a struggle as it's, as it's configured now no chance I mean at the last press conference I'd ask Fox I mean, if if they're a better team now than we're a year ago at this time. And uh, the answer was so strange, I had to, uh, I stopped taking notes. But, you know, they're clearly a lesser team. And Julius had to go. In fact, one of the biggest mistakes this franchise ever made was keeping Peppers last season. Because with all the money they spent on him, it limited what they could do elsewhere. And it was just time for him to go. Um, but the, like I said, they haven't been cheap. And now the question simply is, who they hire. Lately, it's been second-tier free agents who have really been good. I mean, Hedrick Vinson was the low-profile guy and became their best run blocker. Um, Brayton came in and, you know, was a bust in Oakland, and uh, he did good work here. And they'll bring in guys like that. But I also think that via trade or something, they're going to find some bigger names to you know, I, I believe in Jarrett. I always have. I think he can be an effective number three receiver. They need a number two. They need a pass rusher. And, man, I, they need a quarterback. We have seen so many changes. And the one thing about this that, that seems to me to, to be a little strange is this. John Fox has always been very, very loyal to his to his veterans. He's always believed in, in using as many veterans as possible. Experience really counted to him on the field and what you knew about the game. Do you think that this youth movement that they've begun, do you think that's a little bit of, uh, say, a little out of character for John Fox? No. No, I think, uh, I, you know, Fox has gone, Fox has shown a willingness to play rookie. And he's shown a willingness to go young. And uh, so I'm not, no, I don't think it's out of character. I think this next year is sort of the first year of the rest of their lives. I mean, Fox is a one-year contract. Ernie also does, but he can stay as long as he wants. Um, and it's going to be strange because, you know, you know, a year from now is Armageddon. And, you know, people think that the Panthers are posturing, trying to get below the cap so they can get major players a year from now. But Jerry Richardson, 73, wants to win as badly as anybody. And he would not, he would not wait. Yeah, I think he wants to win. We'll just have to see how this one plays out. 2010, boy, this is... Talk about a way to start the year. Let's hope the season is better. But, uh, Tom, as always, uh, we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to uh, to talk to us a little bit about our Panthers. Yeah. Always, always good doing the show, John. Thank you. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, you know the show would not be the same without you. 
and the awesomeness that you provide. You can check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube. You can search for him there by looking up Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Tom Sorensen for taking part in the program this week. Check out Tom's work online and in print in the Charlotte Observer. My thanks to Jackson for taking part in the Around the Web segment. He can be found on the web at catscratchreader.com. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. When the page opens, fill out the quick and easy form, and you're finished. We'll keep you up to date on all the show guests, basically anything we've got going on, as well as team news. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. Yes, we promise, it's that easy. Now, we've been having a few issues on iTunes, so uh, bear with us. We promise that we're going to continue working on these problems. We will work as hard as we can to get this corrected for you. I know it's very frustrating, but continue checking with us on iTunes, and we will get those problems resolved. And hey, while you're out there searching the web, follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. You give us a follow, we promise we will follow you back. Feel free anytime. Once again, you can call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. You can leave us a message. That way we can hear your opinions and we can play them back right here on the show. Call us at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out CatCraveRadio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.